From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. You can also text the letters EWTN to 55000 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. Hey, glad you could join us for Open Line Tuesday here on EWTN, the Global Catholic Radio Network. Jack Williams away today. I'm Tom Price. Very glad to be joined by our Open Line Tuesday host, Father Wade Menezes. How are you, Padre? I'm doing great, Tom, and it's great to have you with us today. So well, it's been a while, so I, I'm glad to be working with you. Yes, I am honored uh, to uh, share a little bit of my Lent with you. Let me give <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Let me give out the phone numbers, and then we'll get into uh, your springboard topic, which I find quite fascinating here. The numbers are 833-288-EWTN, if you have a question for Father Wade. 833-288-3986. If you're listening to us outside of North America, please dial the U.S. country code and then 205-271-2985. You can also text the letters EWTN to 55000. Wait for our response and then text us your first name and your brief question. Message and data rates may apply. Some people really enjoy texting, and I think it's a quick way mm. to get through to us here. You can also, of course, send us an email, the address openline at EWTN.com, openline at EWTN.com. Be sure you put either Father Wade or Tuesday in the subject line. So there we are. And, you know, a lot of people are heading to the confessional during the holy penitential season of mm. Lent. And you've got uh, 10 ways, Father, that confession sets us free, if you can share those with us. Yeah, that's right, Tom. And I wanted to share these, especially today, as this is the fifth week of Lent, and we will be entering straight into Holy Week with this coming Sunday with Passion, also known as Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday. So, uh, you know, we remember, too, I think at this time, especially of the year, the liturgical year of the five precept laws of the Church, mm -hmm. uh, two of which are that I will confess my sins at least once a year, and secondly, I will receive Holy Communion at least once a year during the Easter season. So now is a great time to uh, do that bare minimum uh, to ensure your, your practicing of the Catholic faith. And that's what the five precept laws do. They, they, they ensure a bare minimum of the, of the practice of our Catholic faith. That said, the time-honored tradition for confession is once a month, you know, say in honor of the first Friday devotion to the Sacred Heart or the first Saturday devotion in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which we just celebrated for this first weekend of April, right? Uh, it's a great time to remember now to, to make our good confession going into Holy Week this coming week. And yeah, there's a great article by a Monsignor Ed Broom uh, uh, an OMV priest uh, from CatholicExchange.com uh -huh. uh, from 2018, but it's a, it's a timeless article. Uh, he says, 10 ways that confession sets us free. Number one, by healing. And he says this, he says, what cancer, leprosy, and disease is to the body, sin is to the soul, and Jesus wants to heal our moral wounds. Amen to that. Yeah. Number two, by freedom from slavery. Confession helps reverse the slavery of sin and communicates true freedom. That can't be forgotten. The freedom of sons and daughters of God to break the bonds of our bad habits, our powerful addictions, our bad impulses and actions. We need a powerful remedy, and confession is it. Yes. Amen to that yes. one as well. Yes. 
Number three, by moving from confusion to peace. This is a big one, I think. Another negative effect of living in sin is a real lack of peace and living in a state of constant confusion. Confusion. St. Augustine defines peace as, quote, tranquility of order, end quote. Tranquility of order, that's peace. Sin is disorder in the person's life, and one of the goals of confession is to order the disordered, right? Putting the soul back in a state of grace, especially regarding mortal sin uh, in, in one's life. Number four, by freedom from a conscience filled with guilt. Uh, certain histories have shown that people have gone literally uh, insane uh, and have even been driven to suicide due to a very guilty conscience caused by sin. Uh, this can happen. It can happen. Uh, I want to make that, that point very clear. Uh, don't let sin in your life have the upper hand. Huh? Mm, yeah. Obtain a moral freedom from holy confession, which is a sacrament, the sacrament of confession. Our Lord called it to St. Faustina, Tom, the tribunal of mercy. Number five, by joy. Rejoice in the Lord. Joy is one of the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. Sin produces sadness in the soul. Only God can give us true joy. And for this reason, for this reason, St. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again rejoice. What a beautiful, beautiful reality that is. And going back to guilt number four that we just talked about, St. Thomas Aquinas defines guilt as the loss of integrity of soul and the soul's recognizing that fact, the the fact that it's lost its integrity. Well, holy confession helps bring that bring back that integrity. That needs to be said as well. Number six, uh, Tom, is this, by benefiting from the paschal mystery of our Lord Jesus Christ, from death to life, does confession help the soul? If we have the misfortune of committing a mortal sin, we lose the grace of God and his friendship, Father Broom tells us. However, we should never give in to despair, never ever given to despair. Despair is the worst of sins, rather like the prodigal son in the gospel of Luke chapter 15, of which the Fathers of Mercy logo, I'm pointing to our badge here and our habit (laughs) right now, for those of us watching live on our YouTube or Facebook feed, the return of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, we need to be like him, right? We should return to the home of our loving Father and launch ourselves into his loving arms, and he will forgive us. Let the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ, his passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, which we're about to enter into in a special way with the sacred triduum, Holy Thursday night, the night of the arrest, through Easter Sunday morning. Let the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ, his passion, death, resurrection, and 40 days later, his ascension into heaven, lead you from the death of sin into the life of sanctifying grace, right? Mm, Number seven, by acting as a curative and preventative medicine, does confession help us out, right? Confession is like a medicine that heals the wounds of our souls. Confession can also serve as a means to prevent future falls, right? If we commit a mortal sin, then we should go to confession as soon as possible. Even the frequent confession of venial sins can serve as a remedy to prevent us from falling into spiritual sickness that we call sin itself. By serving as an act of humility, 
uh, to crush one's pride. Number eight, Father Broom tells us, as a result of the original sin, we are all infected with the capital sin of pride to some degree, right? And so we are often motivated by pride and self-love. But making a good, reverent, and holy confession can help us to grow in that virtue that is essential for holiness and so pleasing to Almighty God that is the virtue of humility. And by fostering growth in self-knowledge, this is a big one that we're talking about at the parish mission here this week, which I'll talk about momentarily. By fostering growth in self-knowledge, the first step needed, St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, to grow in holiness is good self-knowledge. Know your virtues to advance them, know your virtues to begin to uproot them. This is number nine. By fostering growth in self-knowledge, another huge blessing that flows from a well-prepared and well-confessed confession is the increase in self-knowledge. For this reason, the Desert Fathers had a short but extremely important axiom, know thyself, know thyself. A person who examines his conscience regularly well and confesses his sins well and regularly will definitely grow in self-knowledge. Know your virtues to advance them, Know your virtues to begin to uproot them. By knowing oneself well, Tom, that is, one's virtues as well as his sins, his vices, he can avoid falling into future sins, right? And number 10, by fostering a fervent and efficacious holy communion more often, precisely because of more frequent confession. Another exceedingly important effect of a good confession is that it provides for a more efficacious and fervent holy communion. Confession and Eucharist are intimately interconnected. These are the only two sacraments out of the seven that can be received over and over and over again. The other five cannot. And so this is very, very important to receive them repetitiously and frequently. Why? Because these are the two sustaining sacraments that support us that support us in living out our vocation fully, whether single, married, or as a consecrated priest, brother or sister, it doesn't matter. We want to be able to live uh, fervently our vocation and state in life, single, married, consecrated religious, whether active or contemplative, uh, diocesan priest, religious order priest. How about a uh, retired grandparent, working grandparent, recently widowed grandparent, or a grandparent who just celebrated their 68th wedding anniversary, like the, the couple I met recently in Florida during a Lenten parish mission. High school student, middle school student, college student, uh, homeschooling mother of six, it doesn't matter. The divorced dad of three striving to live a chaste life. Frequent confession, frequent Eucharist. These are the two sacraments of the seven that particularly sustain us in our vocation and state in life. And a shout out to Tom, if I may, before we break to all of Holy Trinity Parish, where Father Patrick Okoye is the pastor and his great team that I've met so far, his employees here, Patricia, Monica, and Elaine in the office, his uh, maintenance guy, Derek, and Judd, who's a master of all trades as well, helping out on campus. Just a great staff, great pastor, and so a shout out to all of Holy Trinity Parish parishioners as well who helped bring 274 people last night to the opening night of the parish mission. Wow, well, we hope it continues, so if you're not too far from Springfield, Missouri, that's where you need to be tonight. In a moment, we'll get to the phones here at 833-288-EWTN for Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes on EWTN. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. Or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. 
So glad you could join us for Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. That phone number again, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Want to remind you before we do get to the phones that you can join a deeper conversation about the most consequential issues facing Catholics today on a wonderful program just launched not that long ago. EWTN News in Depth with Monse Alvarado. And some good news on that front you can now get EWTN News in Depth stories delivered to your email inbox with details on each week's show. Just go to EWTN.com slash in depth and sign up today. So it is Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes, and Father uh, brought something very cool here to uh, our, our discussion earlier about confession. Father, you could share that with us? Yeah, it's from uh, my good friend and fellow priest brother, Father Don Kellaway of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception uh, in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, he said this once during a talk where he and I were both sharing uh, the stage there at, at a weekend Catholic family conference there being held at a, at a hotel. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, confession is like the following three things. And I've never forgotten this, and I've written this down, and I use this at my parish missions uh, with his permission. And he says, first of all, confession is like open-heart surgery. You open up your heart to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the divine healer and the divine physician. Huh? And the Blessed Virgin Mary is like the physician's assistant, For example, hold a rosary in your hand and clutch it as you go to confession. Remember, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the most perfect model of both obedience and faith, and she has only one goal, to lead you more closely to her son. Amen to that. Number two, he says, confession is like spiritual maintenance for your soul. Just as you would take in your car, your automobile, your truck, for an oil change and multi-point inspection every 4,000 miles or so, Mm -hmm. so should you go to confession regularly. In other words, he says, Father Calloway, if one can and should do periodical maintenance for something like your vehicle, shouldn't you do the same spiritual maintenance regularly so for your soul as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And number three, I kind of like, really like this one, Tom. He says, confession is like a spiritual diaper change. <laughs> Why? Because you can spiritually soil yourself and you stink. And whether you do it venially or mortally, you stink. (laughs) You need a change, right? He says, look at it this way. In the sight of Almighty God, you are a child of His, whether you are 7, 37, or 87, or even 107. You are always, always a child of God, right? It doesn't matter. Now, no mother would ever tell her children, her child, when they dirty their diaper, nope, that was it. That was your one chance only for a clean diaper. That's (laughs) it. Now that you've soiled it, can't do anything more for it. No mother would ever, ever say that. I'm not going to change your diaper anymore. You had one chance, and that was it, and you blew it. Now, if no loving mother would ever say such a thing, then surely, surely, Tom, no loving father would ever say such a thing as well. Holy Mother Church is our mother, and she has the new, fresh diaper for us every single time we fall, and it's called the Sacrament of Penance, and reconciliation. And again, what our Lord called it to St. Faustina in her diary, which she records three separate times, the great tribunal of mercy. So just three fun things of what confession is like, according to our good friend, Father Don Calloway. Have you ever heard, Father, of the, the uh, simile to a rudder, a rudder on a ship? You know, if the, if the, if the rudder is not uh, aimed the right way, the ship is, is going to go off course. Uh, and even when it is brought back on course, 
it tends to drift. We are all we all drift. We're all we all sin. You ever you ever yeah. heard that, Father? You no, know, I haven't. But that makes a lot of sense. Well, there you it, go. It makes a lot of sense. That's another great one to add to the list here. If you're ready now, let's go to the phones at eight three three two eight eight EWTN. We begin with Mel in New Jersey, listening on Sirius XM channel one thirty. Hey, Mel, what's on your mind today? Father, the the simile to the rudder, the rudder on. Mel, are you there? Yes, hello. Hey, Mel, turn your radio down, if you would, please. What's on your mind today? Yes, um, I, um, I'm starting to go back to church. Um, I was in the military during the two wars, and um, I, I asked God for a sign, and stupid that I can be, I uh, went to a psychic on Sunday, and she scared the hoot out of me. Um, talking about a secret church and that I have darkness in my house and it's affecting my son. So I just went to the temple, the Blue Temple of Fatima, of St. Uh, uh, Fatima in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, the, the, blue, the, blue Army, the Blue Army Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima, the uh-huh. National Shrine. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yes, yes. I live very close to there and I used to go there. I moved to the town over. Mm. So um, I, I'm starting to go back to church. I'm starting to go back to um, uh, whenever I can physically, since I'm disabled. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, I usually go to to a mass, and I make my children go, although they don't want to. You know, they've done the communion, the confirmation, and, and um, I um, now I have this heavy weight in my chest. And I'm doing all the prayers, all my my holy rosary, um, my novena, and, and I just feel like you know I, I have to wait to confession on Thursday. And I was wondering if you could give me any advice uh, about sure. this. Sure, just simply make a good confession that you saw the psychic twice, Mel, and give it to the mercy of God. We're bound to confess according to kind and approximate number. And any other circumstance that might militate more grievously regarding the action you did. So, for example, uh, I, I, the example I've used before at parish missions, uh, Father, I need to confess one time a physical altercation that actually sent the person to the hospital. Kind and approximate number, one time and the kind of sin it was, a physical altercation that was serious enough that it sent the person to, to the hospital. But a third element that needs to be confessed, if it's present, it may not be present, but if it is, and how will you know if it is present, this third element? By having made a good examination of your conscience. It's this. It's any militating circumstance that makes the already grave sin objectively more grave. So, for example, using the same example that I just gave you, Father, I need to confess one time uh, a physical altercation that was serious enough on my part that it actually sent the person to the hospital. And, Father, by the way, that person was my own natural blood brother. Mm. See, it makes it more grievous. It's an, objective situ- it's an objective circumstance that makes the already mortal sin objectively more grave, uh-huh. right? So, because sending somebody via physical altercation seriously enough to, to have them go to the hospital, that's grave matter. Maybe it wasn't done with fullness of, of, of will because of the f- source of passion and whatnot, but you still want to confess it, right? And you want to confess it appropriately. Notice that confession, Mal, is never, ever about great or graphic detail. Holy Mother Church is clear on that in the Universal Catechism. You confess according to kind and approximate number. And any militating circumstance that makes the already grave sin 
uh, already mortal sin, excuse me, objectively more grave. So you want to just tell the, 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 the confessor on Thursday, Father, I need to confess two times that I went and saw a psychic, and I'm sorry for that. And I want to make a full amends to begin trusting only and solely in Almighty God, my Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with the helps he gives me through my Catholic faith of the guidance of our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and the angels and saints. I want to recommit my vows of my baptism. And that's it. That's all you need to say. And don't make yourself your savior, Mal. Yeah. You're not your savior. You need to give it to the sacrament of confession. And then you know with the full moral certitude of your one holy Catholic and apostolic faith that you took it to the tribunal of mercy, you received God's mercy, you accepted his mercy, and that's it. And you need to let it go. Let it go. Don't confess it again. We never confess it again unless we do it again. And hopefully you won't do it again. You need to let it go once you've confessed it. And never ever forget that. And thank you, Mel, by the way, for a great call and a great question about uh, this psychic business, because it's a great witness call to others who might have done the same thing. And then after confessing it this Thursday, you're going right into Holy Week. How beautiful is that, Mel, going right into Holy Week and having made that good confession? Thank you so much for a great call today from New Jersey. And I would urge any of our listeners today, Tom, uh, in the vicinity of New Jersey or uh, Washington, New Jersey specifically, which is where the Blue, sh- the Blue Army Shrine is, make a visit there. Just go, go there. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, definitely worth your time. That opens up a line for you right now at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 833- 288-3986, Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN. Let's go to Joe in Tampa now, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Joe, what's on your mind today? Uh, hello, Father. Uh, do you hear me? Yes, Joe. Thank you so much for your call today from Tampa. What's up, Joe? Um, I've had uh, bipolar disorder for 25, 30 years, and um, I'm often suffering from hypersexuality and things like that. I've gone to confession numerous times, but I always confess the same sins. And I wanted to know about the culpability I have uh, in, in making these sins mortal or venial um, and not using it as a crutch. I usually tell the priest I have bipolar disorder. I don't know if that's proper, um, but I need some advice on that. Yeah, you ask a good twofold question. You're asking how culpable I am when the bipolar uh, uh, situation exists in my life. But yet, secondly, I don't want that excuse, which is a real valid excuse, to be an excuse for me to not try to make a sincere effort to better myself in avoiding these sins involving the hypersexuality, as you call it. So first of all, I want to make clear, Joe, that I'm, I'm not a clinician, I'm not a psychologist, I'm, I'm not a, a psychiatrist, nothing like that. I'm simply a, a, a parish, a, a, a priest, excuse me, who's been, who's been trained in the moral law to help guide souls to the fullness of God's grace through the sacrament. So I speak only from a pastoral point of view, not from a clinical point of view. So the first thing I would want you to, to know th- is this, that bipolar disorder is very real, and it's important to stay close to your appropriate doctor in that regard uh, to, to receive the proper medications that he or she has guided you to receive, okay? And hopefully to become well enough where you can be weaned off those uh, medications eventually in time, okay? So that's the first thing. You want to stay close to your doctor for the clinical side of it all. From the spiritual side of it all, I would say that you want to find one confessor rather than confessor hop and go to different confessors. Try to stay with one because going to the same confessor will be 
helpful in that that confessor will know you, will know your bipolar disorder, will know uh, what you're doing to strive to better yourself in regards to the clinical side of it, and he will be able to guide you better in regards to the spiritual side of it, okay? Mm, And he will be able to guide you with particular spiritual readings, particular spiritual exercises to help overcome the condition of the hypersexuality, which is bordering and, and entering into your life spiritually. Maybe... In part, it's caused by the bipolar disorder and because of other things as well, but it's now entering into the spiritual life with what's objectively mortal sins, uh, maybe subjectively venial because of the hyper, uh, because of the bipolar disorder, but still you want to be able to try to overcome both aspects, clinical and spiritual, the anti-spiritual side of it completely. So get a regular spiritual director who can work with you on this. Joe, thanks so much for your call. In a moment, we'll be talking with another Joe, this one in Raleigh, North Carolina, Mark in the San Fernando Valley, Adonaya in South Carolina, and lots more on Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN. Stay with us. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Glad you could join us for Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN. Speaking of radio, uh, please keep our friends in Central Texas in your prayers. This week, Armor of God Radio is airing their first ever membership drive. It is called Sharing the Gifts of Our Lives. Now, if you're listening in uh, Fort Hood, Texas, or uh, Killeen, or Kempner, or anybody anywhere there in Central Texas, please support your Catholic radio station, Armor of God Radio. It is a great, great station. Uh, visited their website earlier this week, Father, and they are on fire there in Central mm. Texas. Wonderful. Yeah, fantastic. Back to the phones right now. Here is Mark in the beautiful San Fernando Valley in uh, California, right there uh, by L.A. Mark, what's on your mind today? Hi there. My question is, is there ever a situation in which a Catholic cannot use the sacrament of confession? such as uh, if you got married outside the Church and you were baptized Catholic, you wouldn't be able to take communion until you fix that. So I was just wondering, is it ever banned in any circumstances? Thanks, and I'll listen in. Yeah, great, Mark. Thank you for your call today from San Fernando Valley, California. Um, yes, there are. So, for example, if one is not in a valid marriage and that marriage is conjugally active, they're not living as though brother and sister, they do need to refrain from the two sacraments that we can receive the most to help sustain us in our vocation and state in life, because they're not living the proper vocation and state in life until it's remedied through the proper canonical process of an annulment and then getting married in the church or whatever procedure it it, it calls for for remedying, because there's several, like the sanation, for example. And those are canonical terms. It, it all depends on the particular couple and what it is they need to do to rectify their situation. And if they, if they can live as though brother and sister, which is heroic to do while in this second marriage or beyond, um, if, if, if they can't do it, uh, then they need to refrain from both confession and Eucharist. But if they can refrain from it and live as though brother and sister, so to speak, then um, they can receive regular Eucharist and regular confession. And it's a great heroic act to do so, precisely because they are refraining from conjugal relations. So that would be one example. Uh, Canon law generally states that a person has a right to confession. These are persons now that I'm referring to who don't have any impediment to receiving confession. Uh, Canon law states that anybody has a right to confession when they, the penitent, reasonably ask for it. Reasonably ask for it. So if somebody goes into the sacristy literally a minute before Mass begins for the Sunday 10 o'clock Mass, 
uh, and they say, Father, can you hear my confession? You know, if Father says, well, you know, I, I can't hear it right now. Mass is just about to begin, but I'll, I'll gladly hear it right after Mass when I'm done greeting the people. And the, that would be penitent, that would be penitent gets upset with Father because he wouldn't hear uh, his confession a minute before Mass. Well, the person didn't ask for confession at a reasonable time. Yeah. yeah. Right? Not at all. So common sense here plays into all of this as well for those who don't have an impediment. Uh, to receiving confession, as well as those who do have an impediment, like the, the married couple outside the church that yeah. I described firstly. Uh-huh. So, so there are cases when, when uh, one can be refused confession. But the good news is, as, as long as that, like that second example I just gave, um, remember this, as long as one has the intention of going to confession as soon as is reasonably possible, and in this case, after the Mass, once the priest has greeted the people thanking them for coming to the 10 o'clock Sunday Mass, <laughs> uh, you can still receive communion at that Mass, mm. because you will have made the penitential rite act during the penitential rite of the Mass, uh-huh. you will have made a good act of contrition, a perfect act of contrition, where you're sorry for your sins mostly because they've offended God, and you know that the priest has already told you, I'll hear your confession after the Mass, after I'm done greeting the people. Well, that's reasonably soon after Mass, and you have the intention to do so, so you can still receive Holy Communion, even if mortal sin is on your soul. That's how much Holy Mother Church loves you, penitent. That's how Mother, Holy Mother Church, how much she loves you to want to bring you back to the sacraments, and we can never, ever forget that. But such a scenario should not become regular in the person's life. Let's hope. Oh, I'm in a state of mortal sin, but I have the intention to go as soon as is reasonably possible, whenever that is, so I'm going to continue receiving communion. No, that would not be a proper attitude. That would not, that's not what the Church means okay. when she gives us this teaching. So, right. so uh, our goal is to want to be reconciled. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Joe now in Raleigh, North Carolina, listening on Divine Mercy Radio. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind today? Hello, Father. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, my mother-in-law is very ill. She's got cancer, and throughout her whole body, and they don't expect her to make it much longer. They were, when I got married to my wife 35, 37 years ago, they were really devout Catholics. They brought the, the kids up in the Catholic Church. They went to Catholic mm-hmm. school. But my brother-in-law got murdered eight years ago, and we tried to reach out to the Catholic Church there, the local Catholic Church, for a priest or a deacon, somebody to come out and talk to them to help them heal. We couldn't mm-hmm. get a priest. They, they were too busy. That's what they were told. Too busy. We don't have anybody come talk to you. A, a few years later, her best friend, my mother-in-law's best friend, son, died. They reached out to Catholic Church. Same thing. We don't have anybody. We can't send anybody to talk to you. That really turned them off the Catholic Church. They haven't been to church since. They still have faith, but not in the Catholic Church. So a few weeks ago, when I was back home, they had a, the hospice brought in a Lutheran chaplain. And she gave him confession. And when the chaplain left, I asked my mother-in-law, would you like me to get a hold of a Catholic priest? She told me, absolutely not. No way. I don't want to talk to a Catholic priest, Catholic deacon. Nobody. She'll stick with a, with a chaplain. I want her to receive or to go to communion with a Catholic priest and receive the Eucharist with a Catholic priest. What do I do? I'm, I'm lost. Okay. I don't know what to do. Okay. Okay, great, great concern for your mother-in-law, a, a fallen away lapsed Catholic, because of those two negative experiences she's had with the Church because of priests who were not there to meet her needs when she needed them. And so we need to meet her where she's at. But remember, Joe, you're not your mother-in-law's Savior. You're her prayer warrior, 
You're her evangelizer, but you're not her savior. Jesus Christ is. So all you can do is pray for her and try to evangelize her about the situation. Say, mom, would a student quit their college career completely because they had two bad experiences with two teachers? Would a person quit going to see doctors if they had two bad experiences with doctors? No and no. We don't let two priests shut us off from the entire sacramental economy of the church. That's not rational, Mom. It's not rational. Mom, don't you want to die with the last rites? Mom, don't you want to receive a proper anointing of the sick, which is one of the seven sacraments? Mom, don't you want to make a valid confession with true and authentic absolution through the apostolic college of the original 12, through the keys that Jesus himself gave to St. Peter to bind one and loose one from sin in Matthew 16, 18. Mom, don't you want final holy viaticum, one's final holy communion of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ truly, really, and substantially present in the Eucharist in what we call the real presence, not the real absence of our Protestant brothers and sisters whom we hope for one day under the chair of St. Peter to be reunited with the one holy Catholic and apostolic church? Mom, don't you want the prayers of commendation out of the Roman ritual, the ancient prayers prayed over you, Mom, as you're dying, which includes the litany of the saints? Mom, number five, don't you want the apostolic pardon imparted to you as the fifth and final element of the last rites, which is a complete removal of any and all temporal punishment for already forgiven mortal and venial sin, which will have been forgiven through your confession? as part of one of the five elements as well of, this, of the so-called last rites. Mom, don't you want these, these beautiful gifts granted by our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith? Because, Mom, as my mother-in-law, I feel the need to evangelize you because no student would turn away from their college career because of two bad teachers. No person with health issues would turn off medical help because of two bad previous doctors. Mom, don't shut off your soul and your body for an eternity in heaven because of two bad priests. Not, don't make any excuses for the priests. Th- this issue is not about those two priests. This issue is, this issue is now, Mark, about wanting your, mom, your mom-in-law, your mother-in-law, to have the fullness of the graces at the moment of death. The anointing of the sick, holy confession, holy viaticum, the prayers of commendation for the dying, and the apostolic pardon. That's what you want for your mother-in-law. And you're her evangelizer. And this is how you evangelize her. You, you talk to her alone with great love and great comfort and great patience and let her see Christ in you. That's what, how you want. You, you can let her, let her listen to this portion, this segment of, um, of, of Open Line Tuesday. Let her know that you're so concerned for her soul, that you love her so much as your mom-in-law, that you actually called the, the, a radio show about this. And, and let her listen to this segment of the show. Let, the, let this, this segment of the show speak for her. And then have a, have a priest come and see her. That's what you want to do for her. You're, you're her evangelizer. You're her prayer warrior. But you're not her savior. She's got to open up herself to her savior, Jesus Christ, in the fullness of the Catholic faith of which she's a baptized member of. Uh, thank you, uh, Joe, for such a... I, I think I called you Mark earlier. My, my apologies for that. Thank you, Joe, for a wonderful witness call for others who might be experiencing the same thing about themselves near death or for a loved one who's near death. 
Joe, thanks you. Thank you so much, so very much. Uh, and we're we're very sorry that your mother is in this uh, position right now. Father, I, I heard one time um, along the same lines that you just laid out. Imagine that you had uh, had purchased a a car that turned mm. out to be a lemon. Would you give up driving? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think it, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Another another fine analogy. And and uh, Joe, please know that I'm going to offer up my vespers this evening and my compline this evening out of the liturgy of the hours for your mother's uh, reversion of heart to her Catholic faith of baptism. I don't want to say conversion. I want to say reversion. Yes. yes. Uh, that she'll come back to the fullness of the sacraments to prepare for a holy death. And by the way, Joe, I end with this. Pray to St. Joseph, terror of demons, who yeah. I consecrate my show to every week. I end by invoking him under that title. It's, it's one of his 32 titles. Um, I want you to invoke St. Joseph, terror of demons, who's also the patron saint of a happy death. Why? Because of the strong sacred tradition that when he died, when St. Joseph died, he was flanked on either side of his deathbed by his foster, son, our, our, his foster son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and his most blessed and chaste spouse, the Blessed Virgin Mary. He was flanked on either side when he died, and that's why he's the patron saint of a happy death. And when I die... I want to be flanked by our Lord and Our Lady and St. Joseph and my guardian angel covering all four sides of me on my deathbed or in the crushed car that I'm in if I happen to die in a car accident. Whatever the means of death is, I want to be surrounded by those four. But he's the patron saint of a happy death, and that's why. Invoke him under terror of demons to soften your mother-in-law's heart. Amen. Joe, God bless you and her as well. It is Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. Don't forget, uh, tonight on Mother Angelica Live Classics at 8 p.m. Eastern on TV and radio, Mother spiritually prepares her viewers and her listeners for Holy Week. This is a very important program. We urge you to check it out tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio and Television. All right, let's go to uh, Adonaya right now, a first-time caller in South Carolina, and she is listening to Catholic Radio in South Carolina. Adonai, what's on your mind today? Uh, shalom. Uh, Adonaya, uh, I'm, I'm a man, by the way. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, um, but, um... I just had a I just had a simple question. Why is it that um whether you deem yourself that title or somebody else has deemed yourself that title, why is it that you call yourself uh or that you have the title of father? Oh when, great question. Uh, Christ told us um and call no man your father upon the earth. Okay. Yeah, well remember the four senses of Scripture, uh, Adoniah, the, the, the literal and the spiritual. So, so first of all, under the spiritual, there, there's three interpretations of the spiritual. There's moral, allegorical, and anagogical, time-honored teaching of the Church in the second century, and then the literal interpretation. So in Jesus, when Jesus was saying that to, to the crowds he was speaking to, he was referring to those who refer to someone else as Father, as the Father, Call no one else on father. Uh, no, call no one else father except your heavenly Father in heaven, which which we do. He, he's our Father. Jesus revealed him to us. Why do we call ourselves Father as clerics? Because it's an extension in the human reality of the world in which we live that we have fathers. We have physical fathers and we have spiritual fathers. So so it's like a child calling their own paternal father, physical father, father, in the in the in the the sense of paternal fatherhood, that, that it was their seed that brought them forth into the world. But then there's also the spiritual fatherhood of clerics, of priests, 
that is an extension of the divine fatherhood of God. So as the divine fatherhood is the source of human fatherhood, which also extends out to spiritual fatherhood, uh, this is the foundation of the honor owed to parents. And the priest is a type of spiritual parent in regards to the, the spiritual life. So we call the parish priest our father. He leads us. He's the Christ figure of the home. He's the priest figure of the, of the home. Um, the, the physical father is, and his ideal icon should be the parish priest who leads the people at the parish level. So it's simply an extension. You know, Father Tregelio yesterday on Open Line Monday addressed this very, very question. Uh, why do, we, I think it was a woman that called in and says, why, why do we call priests father? It's simply an extension of the divine fatherhood of God for the spiritual fatherhood of priests. And for the physical fatherhoods that, that are out there, those whose seed brought other individuals into the world, we call them father because, again, even their paternal fatherhood, their physical fatherhood, is an extension of the divine fatherhood sure, of God. Sure, So There you go. Uh, Adoniah, thank you so much, sir, for your call. We do appreciate hearing from you today in South Carolina. Moving on now to Matthew in Fort Wayne, listening on the great Redeemer Radio. Matthew, what's on your mind today? Well, I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive going back to confession, and the reason for that is the last couple of times I've gone to church and gone to reconciliation to feel good and to cleanse my soul. I've been I I feel as as though um, I, absolution was forgotten one time I remember, and it, it was it was not a normal thing, and. It, it just kind of turned me off, and I just find it almost hard to get back and go to it. Okay, well, if if he for, if he sincerely forgot to give you absolution, which, which can happen, um, it shouldn't bother you because the the priest didn't do it intentionally. It would right. bother you appropriately so if he intentionally did not give you absolution. But if you say he forgot to give you absolution. My question rhetorically would be, why are you holding that against him? What I would do is, if you can go back to that same priest, say, Father, uh, such and such and such a long ago, I, I, I came to confession and you, you accidentally forgot to give me absolution, so I'm, I'm here to, to let you know that. And then he'll guide you through the proper absolution. Uh, and, and he'll ask you before he does that, well, okay, since you're here, is, is there anything else you want to confess since that time that you last saw me, or since your last confession, if you've seen another priest since you last saw me, is there anything you want to confess since your last confession? And then he'll just grant you absolution at, at the end. That's how I would handle it if somebody came up to me and said, Father, my last confession was a month ago, but the priest then a month ago, uh, it wasn't you, Father Wade, but uh, the priest that I saw a month ago forgot to give me absolution. So I, I would simply have them make that confession again, whatever they confessed at that time, to the best of their sincerest of knowledge, and then I would say, okay, now that we've done that, of that, from that confession, is there anything else you want to confess since this last month? And then they would confess those things, and then I would just grant them absolution for the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Uh, I would just grant them absolution to, for both camps of, of those periods, both of those periods. Uh, there's no need to be upset by this or anything like that. Don't, don't let one faulty action—I uh, said this earlier to another caller—why do we let one priest shut us off? from the entire sacramental economy of the church. Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. are we so 
fallen and wounded. Well, I know the answer. It's called yeah. the original sin. Yeah. We're, don't rise above your fallenness. Go back and make a, a good holy confession and simply tell your confessor, even if it's not that priest from that month ago or whatever, whenever it was, it, or go to entirely new different priest on purpose. Just make a good confession. Say, my last confession, uh, the priest, for, for whatever reason, forgot to give me absolution. I don't think he did it intentionally. He just simply forgot. And then that current priest then will ask you to remember to the best of your ability those sins confessed at that confession where you didn't receive absolution. Uh-huh. Then he'll ask you to make the confession of this current period, and then he'll just grant you one absolution for both. Don't, you know, it, it's, it's not difficult, and, 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 and don't let the devil make it difficult by whispering things in your ear that, that are making you fearful or mad or anything like that. Don't shut yourself off from the economy of the church's sacramental realities especially just before Holy Week. So, brother, you've got my prayers, man, and you can do this. You're my brother in Christ, and you can do this, and and I pray that you will. Great, great question. Another great uh, witness question, by the way, because there might be others out there listening today, Tom, who, uh, who find themselves in the same situation. Absolutely. It could very easily happen. Matthew, thanks so much for your call. Anne is in Washington listening on Sacred Heart Radio. Anne, what's on your mind today? Uh, yes, um, I heard a priest say on Sacred Heart Radio that um, if you don't, you're commanded to love yourself, and if you don't, it's a serious sin. I need to know, do I need to confess that, and would it help to confess that? Oh, I think so, Definitely. And, and if you don't love yourself, know your reasons why. Try to, try to grow in that self-knowledge as to why you don't feel as though you love yourself, and share those reasons with the priest, and the priest will guide you through those reasons mm-hmm. as to why you don't love yourself to help give you some advice to overcome them, even to the point if he feels that he might want to recommend that you, that you see a, a, a psychologist, maybe a great practicing Catholic psychologist uh-huh. licensed, to help you get through those particular barriers as to why you don't love yourself. Or it may be something minor that he, he himself can just help guide you through. Maybe a few um, sessions of spiritual direction with a priest. Remember, a, a confessor has to be a priest, but a spiritual director doesn't have to be a priest. Okay. It can be a priest, but it doesn't have to. I, I've mentioned before on Open Line Tuesday, I know of several cases in two different states where um, a good practicing, licensed uh, clinical psychologist, you know how they tithe to their parish? They actually give several hours a week to give spiritual direction to fellow parishioners, wow. and it, it helps Father out, because he's there alone without any associate pastors to help him. So it, it helps him out, because it alleviates having to hear more, to have more directees. And the, the licensed psychologist doubles as a, as a spiritual director, and they, they love the Church. They're a practicing Catholic. They understand the sacramental economy of the Church. What a great spiritual director that would be. Absolutely. Um, so, so I would begin with confession and simply confessing the areas as to why it is you feel you maybe don't love yourself and see how the priest guides you through that. Great question, Anne. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Anne. Here now, Kevin in Fort Wayne, also listening on Redeemer Radio. Kevin, what's on your mind today, sir? Hello, Father Wade. Met you over at the Rekindle of Fire. How are you doing today? Doing great. That was a great, fantastic conference. It was absolutely awesome. You also have a book that was out, The Last Four Things, which is very helpful, especially for my other friend, Matt, that called in, or that was there with me. Um, my question is about this. My parents were confirmed Catholics, but now practice Methodists. Can they still receive The Last Four th- Things, and can they, do they have to go to confession before getting 
Well, the, the four last things everybody's going to go through, Catholic or not, that's death, judgment, heaven, and hell. That's what the book's about. Four last things, the church's eschatology, from the Greek word eschaton, which means the last in Greek. So we talk about the church's sacramentology, it's the study of the sacraments, the church's Mariology, the study of Mary, the church's Christology, the study of Jesus Christ, the God-man Jesus Christ, his hypostatic union of both natures coexisting in one divine person, the second person of the Trinity, the, you know, the Christology of the church. When we talk about the church's eschatology, we're talking about the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell three of which will apply to each and every one of us, whether we like it or not, huh? Catholic or not. Death, judgment, heaven, or hell, okay? So that's the four last things. I think what you're asking about your now Methodist practicing parents is if they can receive the last rites, the five elements of the last rites that I shared with a person earlier this hour with a previous call, a previous caller. That is the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, um, that is Holy Viaticum, one's final Holy Communion, the prayers of commendation over the dying, which includes the litany of the saints, um, the, the apostolic pardon, and confession if they feel the need to go. And the answer is yes. Your met, pre practicing Methodist parents, if they renounce those practices and come back active fully in the faith, practicing their Catholic faith before their death— Absolutely, they can receive the five elements of the last rites. Absolutely. Again, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, a confession if they feel they need it, and in this case they would because they'd want to confess that they lapsed from their Catholic faith for however long a time, and now they, they want to come back. Number three, Holy Viaticum, one's final Holy Communion. Um, number four, the prayers of commendation over the dying. Uh, including the litany of the saints prayed over them. How beautiful is that, that Holy Mother Church desires that the litany of the saints be prayed over you during your, your dying hours? I mean, how awesome is that? If that's not a Holy Mother Church, <laughs> I don't know what is a mother, huh? Yeah. And then uh, number five, the apostolic pardon, so which is a complete uh, removal of any all temporal punishment due to already forgiven mortal sins. So it's just a, a beautiful gift, the apostolic pardon at the moment of death. So I think you're asking about the five elements of, that constitute the last rites, and the answer is yes. Should they return back to their Catholic faith, they can, but if they don't willfully turn back to the Catholic faith, then no, it's clear they don't want the last rites because they've continued to separate themselves from the faith. All right. Um, and we still pray for the mercy of God over their souls. Very good. Kevin, thanks so much for your call. Couldn't get to Jim in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jim, please call us on our next show and uh, just mention that we couldn't get to you and we will put you at the head of the line. Father Way, we're certainly going to keep you in prayer and for a wonderful parish mission continuing tonight. Could you please leave us with your blessing? Certainly, Tom. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. Pray for Father Wade. And uh, be safe traveling out there, Father. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow it's going to be Open Line Wednesday with Father Mitch Pacwa. I'm Tom Price. We will see you next time. God bless.